Welcome in to a Top 5 Tuesday edition of Main Street Sports Today. I'm Maurice Patton along with Chris Yao as we are apparently still battling some technical difficulties. Justin, can you hear us? Loud and clear. Loud and do, clear. Do you know what helps? Mm -mm, to be plugged into the right jack. When you put it into the right jack. <laughs> There's a joke there. Man. But... You know, that was. Uh, we're we're just gonna leave that alone. I'm glad we got that taken care of. Okay. Well, yeah, we we got everything in the right place and everything and is, it works. So. Yeah, it does. It's funny how that works. Man, that was that was fun. That was, Having to reset the studio up after you know. Remotes. After the after the Main Street Sports Today Road Show, fueled by yeah, fueled by Fast, fast Stop. Stop. We need to go see. If that's the only thing that you missed by setting up that whole entire studio from that, that's that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you know, you know we, we 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 don't know that that's the only thing we've missed. It's just the only thing that we realize so far. We've missed. <laughs> so, yeah, but, yeah. Don't don't go too far too fast. But yeah, um, man. Anyway, I'm glad to be here now. Mm -hmm. Hope you guys are. Uh, ready for a great show. We have Grant McCauley coming up here in just a moment, Mo, and we'll talk Braves, get a little 2023 postmortem, 2024, long look ahead. Uh, we'll also talk with Terry McCormick, of course, as we do each and every day at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. We will also talk with Chip Walters, who is in Lynchburg, up in Virginia, Virginia not Lynchburg, Tennessee, but... It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a good show. We've got a lot to get to, and we'll get right into it with yesterday's results and today's schedule on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. Results from state volleyball tournament action that opened today over in Murfreesboro. Loretta with a dramatic 3-2 to two victory over East Robertson in Class A. In Class AAA, Nolansville swept West Ridge 3 to nothing in Division 2A. It was Middle Tennessee Christian 3, North Point Christian 1, and Providence Christian 3, St. George's 2. NFL action from last night, Dallas defeated Los Angeles, the Chargers, not Los Angeles Rams, 20-17. to And in Major League Baseball postseason play, the Rangers took a 2-0 lead over the Astros with a 5-4 victory, and the Phillies opened with a 5-3 win over the Diamondbacks. Volleyball action still to come this afternoon. Volunteer takes on Creekwood at 2.30. Brentwood has Cleveland at 5, and Harpeth will take on South Green also at 5. Tonight's girls' soccer action. We have times for some, not times for others. White House Heritage is at Smith County. That's at 6. At 7, it'll be Franklin hosting Lincoln County. Lawson going to Hendersonville. Gallatin at Hillsboro. Lakeway Christian hosting Franklin Road Academy. Independence Academy is at Merrill Hyde. Ravenwood is at Spring Hill. Do you know Huntland Kalioka time? Uh, Huntland Kalioka is at 6. Also, Ravenwood Spring Hill from the intel that I have is at 6.30. All right. So... Get there, and if it's at 7, Hurry you'll have to night. sit. But I'll tell you, you'd rather get there at 6.30 and it be at 7 than get there at 7 and it was at 6.30. There's no question there. <laughs> so 
Uh, Huntington's at Cheatham County, Chester County at Fairview, Hume Fog hosting White House and Republic at Lead Academy. Also, Cannon County is at Liberty Creek, Sycamore is at McNary Central, Wilson Central is at Oakland, Rossview hosting Dixon County, Martin Luther King goes to Station Camp, Stewart's Creek hosts Siegel, West Creek hosts Clarksville, and Harpeth travels to Westview in college football action tonight. Six o'clock kickoff on CBS Sports Network as Middle Tennessee State is in Lynchburg, Virginia, taking on the Flames of Liberty. Also, Western Kentucky is at Jacksonville State. It's a 6.30 start on ESPNU. And on ESPN2 at 6.30, it's the Fun Belt, Southern Miss at South Alabama. Major League Baseball game, two of the National League Championship Series, Arizona at Philadelphia, 7.07 first pitch on TBS. And at 7 o'clock on Valley Sports South, the Nashville Predators will host the Edmonton Oilers at Bridgestone Arena. And that is your rundown. Top stories brought to you each and every day by our friends at Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Mill Shopping Center here in Columbia. Glad to have them on board because they have fantastic deli lunches. You can also get uh, your fresh hand-cut meats, of course, and also uh, you can get great produce all for cost plus 10% at the register. Make sure to go see the fine folks at the five-time, five-time. One, two, three, four, fifth. Best grocery store in Murray County. Chris. Yes. The run of show has top story XXX. Yes. Now, do you, are you spitballing here? I actually have a, it, it, I didn't go back and fix it, but I have a tweet. I, ha I have something okay. that helps you, but if well, you I have mean, something I, else. Well, I have doing? something as well. All right. Well, but we'll I don't know yours. if we have the same thing or not. We'll go with yours and we'll see. All right. Adam Schefter is reporting seven-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Julio Jones is signing a one-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Jones will be reunited with his former Titans teammate, A.J. Brown, who pushed for Tennessee to trade for him from, Al from Atlanta. Hmm. That's hilarious. Now... I mean, we can play top this. What you got? Oh, I was just going to talk about the SEC basketball poll. Oh, okay. That's not that big of a deal. It's not in comparison. No, so, hold on. I think that's how y'all should, should do top story every day. <laughs> we should each have one and see which is the topper top yeah. story. I'm not opposed. Yeah, yeah. That might, that might be a thing. That might be the way to go. And, and then let people vote. Yeah, <laughs> whose top story was better? Was the that. top story? Yeah. No, that, that's a, that's interesting because you know my, <laughs> Julio and you know, AJ. You, you, you know who it's really interesting to? John Robinson. Yeah. Well, especially if Jalen Hurts can get it done. Now, look. Here's the thing: if if Julio goes up there and doesn't miss any time. At what point can we start talking about the Titans and injury problems? Whenever you want to. Because, I mean, we've been trying to have that conversation for a year and a half. Don't nobody want to hear it, but we've been having that conversation. Yeah. You and I have. Now, we might be talking into the abyss. 
And sometimes I feel like we are anyway. Eh, but sometimes not. But sometimes not, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's one of the that's one of the things that it, to me it feels like doesn't get as much um, play as it should. Traction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'll be interested to see how many snaps Julio Jones plays as a Philadelphia Eagle. Well, he's coming in. We just completed week six, right? Mm-hmm. So. Now, I, I don't know if Philadelphia's had their bye week yet or not. Or I'm sorry, their open week or not. But they stand to play 11 games? They have not had their bye As a matter of fact, their bye week is this week. This week? So they've got 11 games left. And he's got an, a week and a half to practice. And he'll be catching passes from former Alabama quarterback Jalen Hurts, who was like five years old when Julio played at Alabama. <laughs> I don't think he was that young, but he, he was young. He wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, how how old is Jalen Hurts? That's the real question here. He is, you know, twenty five years old. Seventeen years ago, in two thousand eight, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's interesting. He was drafted in the ele- 2011 draft. Okay. Oh, eight's when he played in high school. That makes me I'm sense. intrigued to see what, how exactly this benefits Philadelphia. I mean, I'm, I'm not, maybe I'm not as familiar with their receiving core as I should be, but. It's not a move I would have expected them to go out and make. That didn't feel like they needed to make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Devontae Smith and their number three guy, Alamad Zacchaeus. With whom Julio played in Atlanta. So Devontae, AJ, and Julio potentially. I mean, if Julio is only going to be expected to play a minute amount and kind of be a situation guy, a third down, you know, specialist kind of guy, maybe uh, I could see it. Mm-hmm. Guess we'll see. Uh, that is a, that is an interesting development, though. All right. Let's um, since you have tweeted. Well, I had not tweeted pack. it yet, but I assume yeah, Justin had. It, it has been tweeted. So let's talk about it. Yeah. The SEC men's basketball preseason poll is out. Tennessee atop the poll, as they are the only top 10 AP poll team. So one would think that they would be atop the SEC men's it would make sense. preseason poll. Vanderbilt also has a one next to their name, except there's two of them. It's 11. And... The only teams behind them are Georgia, LSU, and South Carolina, and that is not company you want to keep. They're actually behind Ole Miss. Wow. Well, you know, Ole Miss did hire Chris Beard. Yeah, they're 10th. I would have expected them to be a little higher because they hired Chris Beard. So, hey, who am I? What do I know? Tennessee, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Kentucky, then Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State. Florida, Missouri, 
Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, Georgia, LSU, South Carolina. That is the order. I think I think what this tells me is nobody knows. I think that is exactly right. I think this is a, a very interesting year for SEC mm. basketball. Mm-hmm. I think Tennessee is probably, you know. I think Tennessee should be the best team, but there are certainly questions about Tennessee. Offensively, particularly. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, again, you asked the question, who's going to be their point guard? Do they have one? Yes, Jordan Josiah James is back. But, you know, you don't want to ask him to be your point guard. You really need him to play his position. Jordan Josiah James is back. Santiago, Santiago Vescovi. Not Vescovi. Right? I don't know. He changed it mid. He changed it at some point during his tenure. I'm pretty sure it's Vescovi now. Okay. But at any rate, Santi is back. Who can shoot the lights out? Now inside, who knows? Um, yeah, I just I think they've got uh, they got a couple of transfers mm-hmm. who you feel like are going to be good, but I think Texas a and right there with them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, based on what they got coming back and what they did last year. Um, Arkansas is just Arkansas. They're going to be ultra athletic, and I mean it's not forty minutes of hell, but they are going to get up and down. Um, I mean, does Kentucky? You know, they're they're really young, but I mean, I thought I saw yesterday Kentucky was picked number six. Well, Kentucky was picked number sixteen in the AP poll, and I thought I saw that that was the lowest they had been picked in the preseason in Calipari's wow. tenure at Kentucky. Florida's got some great transfers coming in. Uh, Walter Clayton Jr. and Tyree Samuel both coming in. Uh, you know, obviously second year under Todd Golden. I don't know. I mean, and you can never count out a Bruce Pearl team. They're going to be competitive year in and year out because they're going to play hard. And I don't mean that at, in the sense that it's a given. I mean, they, they, they typically play more physical and hustle a little bit more than other teams do under Bruce Pearl just because they take on that identity. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is an interesting year for SEC basketball. I, I think Tennessee and Texas a and are probably the class of the league. I tell you what, if year one under Dennis Gates was any indication, Missouri is underrated. I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you. Um, they lost Kobe Brown and uh, DeMois Hodge. But, yeah. But you hadn't really heard of those guys last year either. No, but (laughs) I don't know. It feels like those are guys that that he could trust. Um, For Stack, I don't know, man. Wright's gone. Robbins is gone. Uh, of course, they played half the season with Leon, without Leon Robbins, but still, um, I, that is this is an interesting team mm-hmm. because I, I I think Vanderbilt could could certainly find themselves you know kind of in the same situation they were last year where you know you've got 
a, a an out of conference schedule that's that looks bad because your team hasn't fully gelled and developed yet. And then once that team is gelled and developed, then what? So sure. I think that I think there's a lot that that could be said. I don't know what the question is, or I don't know what the answer is for who's going to win this thing. I think I think again, Tennessee and Texas A&M should be playing for it, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, again, Arkansas is going to be in the mix before it's all over with. I mean, they're going to have some say about it. I feel like, but yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, when you look at it one to fourteen like that. In the last year of looking at it, one to fourteen. Last year of one to fourteen, uh, man, that's wild. <laughs> and here's the thing: I'm not sure what Texas and Oklahoma do to this. They make it even more intriguing. Um. Wade Taylor, the fourth of Texas A&M, is your preseason player of the year. Well, yeah. Um, the 10-player All-SEC first team also includes um, Janai Broom of Auburn, um, Bescovy, and um, a bunch of other guys I've not heard of. See, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's why it's such up. it's so up in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, women's AP poll came out. Hang on, in case you care about because um, despite being out until whenever he is out, Zakai Ziegler was named to this All SEC second team. Well, as he should be. I mean, yeah. if he's on the court, he's one of the best players in the conference. <laughs> That's fair. So, all right. So the women's top twenty-five is women's out. top twenty-five is out. LSU one, South Carolina two. No. Neither. LSU is one. Iowa two. They were a near unanimous. Unanimous. One voter did not choose LSU. LSU as the preseason number one. <laughs> and they took that personally. UConn number two. UConn the other. Team to receive the lone first place vote. Well, that Page Booker is going to be back. Page Booker is back. Um, but I was three. South Carolina at six, by the way. Who's at four and five? UCLA and Utah, which is absolutely ridiculous. Okay. Mm. Okay, so so who's who will be first to print out the AP Top 25? Kim Mulkey or Don Don Staley? Probably Don Staley. Um, but but if you don't think that she can use that, it, matter of fact, I wish I knew. Like I could go through all of these and try to figure out who it was. <laughs> but you know, especially if you know it was a Yukon voter, you know, area Yukon area voter. Mm-hmm. I just don't know who it was. Tell you who it wasn't. It wasn't Michael Vopel. Hmm. Smart. <laughs> yeah. And Tennessee is right there. I mean, 
Where are they? This is a team that, you know, got some top 10 votes. They're ele- they sit at 11 behind Indiana and Notre Dame. We'll see. Um, I, again, a lot of teams you're not used to seeing in this one. Utah, Virginia Tech, mm. Ole Miss is at 12. So, women's basketball, man. Let's take a break. Grant McCauley standing by. So, stick around here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be right back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our Ortho Quick Walk-In Clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Men Tennessee Bone and Joint, live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia, Tennessee. Glad to have you guys with us. Mo, 
and Chris here on this Top 5 Tuesday. Looking forward to drafting the Top 5 all-time football helmet designs. Now, is that college or pro? Uh, or football. Is that football. High school. You, you got a high school and go football. for it. Football. All right. So, I, I mean, it's up to you. All right. Whatever makes you happy. All not, right. Not just logo. No, the, the, the helmet design. Got it. So, but right now, it's not just football. It's, it's still baseball season for some. For some. It's not so much for others, but we're going to talk about one of those teams that, uh, well, we said we'd talk about all year long. No. And here we are. The Atlanta Braves. Season is over. Time to talk a little bit about the 2023 year and maybe look ahead to 2024. And to do that, we have with us Grant McCauley. Grant, what's up? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks. Thanks for unmuting yourself. <laughs> we appreciate it. Hey, I um, appreciate you coming in with us, Grant. Obviously, last week was was a low point, if not the low point yeah. of, of this season. And there are a lot of whys and wherefores as to as to how it ended the way it ended. And I don't want to get too much into it because there is a faction that will say that it's just whining when you point out factual information and uh, I, I don't want to relive that, mm -hmm. but you know, there's been a lot of talk in the past few days since the Braves season ended that maybe this team, this roster, this clubhouse needed some energy from somewhere that wasn't there. Is that a theory that you espouse? No, I don't subscribe to that theory at all. I feel like it wasn't a clubhouse problem. It wasn't a culture problem. It wasn't a never been there problem. The brave season is over because they did not hit. And I don't think there's anybody that could have done anything in the background that would have translated to the forefront to have them get the hits with the runners in scoring position, those opportunities that they had. They were shut out in game one with Spencer Strider throwing a great start. They came back in one game two. It felt like maybe that was starting to even things out. But then games three and four in Philadelphia, two runs, then one run, three runs in enemy territory is not going to get it done against a lineup as powerful as the Phillies. So I would stick to the baseball of it all and the on-field of it all, which is the Braves' powerful lineup, the one that we thought would be the strength of this club to maybe carry them through October if their pitching fell short. Well, the exact opposite happened. Their pitching was enough to win that series. The hitting was not enough. So, I, and here's here's my theory on one of the reasons the Braves didn't hit, and it, it does go back to that thought process is I, it, it rarely felt like the guys were having fun. They, it, it really felt like they were pressing. They were, they were tight. They were, and, and that forced the issues at the plate. I mean, is that even a possibility? Yeah, I definitely felt like they were pressing and it was particularly, it, it seemed to jump off the page really to you, if you'll allow that. Cause I know it's, it's, you know, you're watching in, in, in person. It's not a written story that we're all reading here. I guess it is now, but, you know, I, I felt like the biggest difference between the Braves and the Phillies was the quality of the at-bats that they were having. And so I, I do feel like the Braves lineup was pressing. And at, at the moment, you know, when it would come along, just seemed to get away from them time and again, it culminating really, I felt like in their game four loss when Ronald Acuna Jr. came up with the bases loaded after three straight walks, 
you had to be thinking, I mean, if you were writing a story, like how could the Braves get back into this? How could they extend the series, bring it home, back to Atlanta, have a chance to win? How about three straight walks before the National League's MVP uncrowned as he may be right now? That felt like it would be the moment, but a great catch on the warning track denied the Braves of any runs there, and this offense just didn't have the steam. So, yeah, I would definitely say that there was some pressing that went on, and the Phillies seemed to just play with a different edge. I mean, I don't know that we necessarily need to spend a ton of time on any bulletin board material that came from the Braves clubhouse to the Phillies clubhouse because I felt like that story was a little bit overblown. But Philadelphia, they, they did play with a different edge, and they also had much better quality at bats. And that, to me, is what the whole series came down to was the quality of those at bats. I agree with that. Absolutely. Grant, some people, again, have written since this disappointing division series outcome that something needs to change. And to me, it's a lot easier to say something needs to change than it is to say what needs to change. What needs to change? I mean, you're talking about the team that won the most games over 162 in Major League Baseball. Now, I mean, if you, if I, I don't know, postseason baseball is different than regular season baseball. I get that, but how do you construct a team for the postseason when you don't know if you're going to get there? I mean, it's very different. The regular season allows for all the highs and lows that will occur over a six-month sample. The postseason allows you to have either highs or lows, and it could be three days that you get to play. It could be two days in the case of the wildcard teams. If you get knocked out in back-to-back games, that's it. In the division series, obviously, three out of five. I mean, the things I've thought about that could change for the Braves, I mean, I don't know that there was one thing that I could look at and, and tell you that, oh, well, we saw that this lineup struck out way too much, so that's an issue. The Braves went from second in Major League Baseball in strikeouts in 2022 to 25th in Major League Baseball this year. They eliminated the swing and miss from their game as much as a club can. And year over year, one of the most drastic improvements I've ever seen. They led Major League Baseball in runs scored, batting average, home runs, OPS. I mean, you go down the line. This was a club that knew how to produce, that saved maybe early in the season when they did have some trouble, or trouble rather with runners in scoring position. That wasn't an issue for them, by and large, for the entirety of this year. But Ron Lacuna Jr. was kept in the yard. He batted 143 in the series. Matt Olson was kept homerless in this series. The Braves getting out homer at 11-3 was also not on my list of things that I thought was going to be a possibility in the division series because the one unquestioned strength of this club was power. So when I come back to it and say, you know, what can change, what needs to change, I mean, we're not in a position where, you know, the general manager and the manager's seats are getting anything close to hot. I mean, I feel like, those guys are doing what they need to be doing. Alex Anthopoulos is the one who's going to be tasked with going out there and maybe finding the pieces. I think, you know, the starting rotation is going to be a big focus. And you're going to kind of have to rebuild your bullpen a little bit as well. But this lineup, I mean, I don't know. What do you change? This was the best lineup that we've ever seen in Braves franchise history. Maybe the best one any of us have ever seen in our lifetimes because the only comparable team that I've heard over and over and over again was the 27 Yankees, and I didn't get to see those guys play. When I watched the 3 Braves, and they were impressive, and I just don't understand, you know, other than the predictably unpredictable nature of the postseason, how exactly this lineup fell so woefully short. If they got outscored by a powerful Phillies club, and it was this back-and-forth battle of two Titans just going at it, and every game somehow ended up being 11-10, to 10, 
Well, that'd be a different discussion. But the fact that the Braves only scored eight runs in four games, something they didn't do at any four-game stretch in the entire season, it just leaves you looking at trying to figure out how exactly do you get the guys to maybe be able to be more ready to play. Is the layoff a problem? Will Major League Baseball do anything about that? I know the Braves don't want to use it as an excuse, but when you're playing a rhythm game like baseball, and you go sit for five games, and I understand they played the practice games, and I, I think that's the best that they could do with the time they had. But I feel like maybe if you're the wild card teams, season ends on Sunday, wild card series begins on Monday. As soon as that series ends, that club should have to fly to whatever club that they're playing, the team that's waiting for them, and start immediately. Because we've played series after series after series all season long, and then they managed to string it out to where I think the Braves played two games in nine days. I don't think that's conducive to helping a lineup hit either. But again, you're not going to hear anybody in that Braves clubhouse come out and say, well, there was too much time off. No question there. And you, you, you talked about looking to 24. Let's do that for a little bit because Mo and I had a pretty good discussion on the way home from our show yesterday on 65 North because the, the starting rotation is certainly a topic of discussion. And there are so many options, you know, going to get somebody. If you are going to get somebody, is it going to be a three? Is, you know, a guy that sit behind Freed and Strider? Is Freed on the trading block? Uh, I mean, what, what is your right now look at what Alex Anthopoulos and this Braves team may try to do for that starting five? Yeah, they're definitely going to have to go out and get two arms is the way I look at it. Now, if one of those is Charlie Morton comes back on his $20 million option, and that's the guy that you have in the middle of the rotation, I think you call Charlie a three at this point. I think that the Braves address that need. But then the question becomes, what about these fourth and fifth spots that were so troublesome all year long? The Braves used 16 different starting pitchers in 2023. It's incredible that a club that won 104 games had that kind of I don't know, just inconsistency in trying to round out its rotation. But the injury to Kyle Wright certainly did that. Max Freed missing half the year certainly did that to him as well. So to answer your question about Freed, I don't think he's going anywhere. But do the Braves need to go out and address maybe another front of rotation arm, the likes of a Max Freed or a Spencer Strider, who certainly stepped up when he was needed in his first full season in the rotation? Those are going to be the questions. But as I've said, I've said it on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game this morning. The Braves are not in a position where they can come back in with Max Fried and Spencer Strider and Bryce Elder and then say, okay, we've got some minor leaguers. Let's figure out four and five. A World Series contender cannot do that. So the main focus to me is on that rotation. If they go free agent, that would certainly make a splash. They haven't necessarily really done that. And when they have, it's been the likes of a Charlie Morton, who I think was the perfect piece at the time they added him. And I don't know that there's a good counter argument because they went out and won the World Series, even though he broke his leg in 2021. But he was big in the other two rounds. So I think that they need to find an arm like that, somebody with a lot of swing and miss and somebody that maybe makes sense in a trade. Maybe you go out there and kick the tires on some free agents. I know they got a first-hand look at Aaron Nola. He's an LSU guy. Would he be interested in maybe continuing his career in the National League East, but just playing for another team? Those will be the questions I'm sure that the Braves will ask themselves, and a lot of people will be asking of the Braves. Grant McCauley, 680 the game joining us here on Main Street Sports today. You're frowning. Did I did I say something wrong? We're good? Possibly the wrong station. Did I? 92.9, the game. What did I'm you sorry. Say? I said 680. Possibly oh. the wrong station. My bad, Grant. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I, but hey, I, I caught I caught the I caught the expression and fixed it. Sorry. Um, 
Going back to Max for just a second, though, and, and again, Chris and I kind of knocked this around on the way back from Huntsville yesterday. If he's not going to re-sign at the end of 2024, don't you have to look at making a move and getting something for him? No, you don't, because if if you're going to trade Max Reed, you're going to have to bring in another guy who is Max Reed, and there just aren't that many of those guys out there. So what club would be trading you a controllable piece that is of the ilk of a Max Reed that you can then put into your rotation and not introduce another question mark? I, I know that that is kind of the idea is like you don't like to see these guys leave and you don't get anything for them. But, uh, you know, there's also the idea that maybe you work out an extension with Freed, which as you get close to free agency, as I think we all know, and we've all seen, is a little bit more difficult than signing guys in their first couple of years in the big leagues to those extensions and buying out those arbitration years. But I don't think you can, you know, even entertain the idea of moving Max Freed unless you have somebody in that can replace him. And then that still doesn't deal with the issue of having two more spots in that rotation that are going to need to be filled by upper echelon type of arms that make you feel like you have properly equipped the rotation of a World Series contender. Okay. Okay. And that, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. It, it was just, you know, like you said, the idea of not of losing him and not getting anything for him at all is kind of, it, it's a little galling to think of, but, but what you're saying certainly makes sense. You, if you're going to trade a Max Freed, you got to replace him with a Max Freed. And those, those aren't just running around out there. No. And it's the same kind of situation that if you look at the Braves in first base, I mean, if Freddie Freeman's going to leave, how are you going to replace Freddie Freeman? Well, you have to go trade for a guy like Matt Olson. So it would be pretty much the similar uh, sentiment in, in that regard. So we'll see what exactly the Braves can do. I know they weren't entertaining trading Freddie Freeman in 2021. They kind of had to see what was going to happen. And both he and Dansby Swanson, guys you thought might be around for a long time, they ended up signing elsewhere. And the Braves had to pivot to you know, different guys to fill those positions. And they were able to do that. With pitching, I think it gets a little bit trickier. And the message that it sends, of course, to your team, when you trade a respected member of that clubhouse away in the middle of trying to win it all, I think that would send a rather mixed message as well. Grant, as we were, again, as we were talking yesterday, is there a concern about the catching situation from a standpoint that Sean Murphy kind of dropped off both offensively and defensively after the All-Star break? No, I don't think there's really any concern. I, I feel like guys go through ups and downs, and you know, for Murphy to have such a great first half, you kind of thought maybe this was going to be the offensive breakout year, and in many ways it still was. But both of the catchers kind of stopped hitting in the second half, and I don't know if there's really a good reason for it. Nobody was you know, injured other than Sean Murphy having that brief hamstring issue in the middle of the season. That really wasn't a problem. You're trying to kind of, I think, you know, uh, divide up that playing time so that you allow for guys to be fresh when you get to October. And all of those things seem to play out the way that you'd want them to. But sometimes in baseball, you go through those peaks and valleys. But as far as, you know, where the, or excuse me, where the catching situation is, long-term deal with Murphy, I still think is a great get for them. I think he does a lot. I think the defensive things, in particular, that catcher's interference, I'm sure, are stuff that's going to stick in his craw over the course of the offseason. And that's not really indicative, I don't think, of the kind of catcher that Sean Murphy is either. And you've still got Travis Darno around. So I feel like the Braves are in a really good spot with it, even though the second half was not as great for either man as the first half was. Did you see? I mean, did you physically see catcher's interference? No, no, okay. I, I didn't. But when Sean Murphy talked after the game, he said that he 
he hurt it. And it's catcher's interference, even if it hits the, you know, the very tip of the laces that are coming off the catcher's mitt, any way, shape, or form whatsoever. And the reaction of everyone, you, you knew that something had happened. And watching it from the press box live, I knew that the only thing it could be was catcher's interference. The replay then started to make you wonder, but Sean Murphy's reaction, JT Romito was also a catcher, obviously. His reaction was immediate, and the home plate umpire. So I think that was much ado about nothing after the fact, but it is frustrating, obviously, because Major League Baseball replay has given us more than a few reasons to question exactly what their final ruling is. Well, you know, you talked about both of the guys kind of stopped hitting, and 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 then you you know you go on to say they split time. Is it, I mean, if we're talking about layoffs, is that not an issue? No, I don't really. I don't really think that's the one most demanding position. I think that's a little bit more. Um, it's that's a function, a necessity of of how you need to, I think, manage because. Sean Murphy caught a ton of games with the A's in 2022 before he came over. There's just not the necessity of doing that. And the Braves, I, I think the other thing was the idea was maybe one or the other catcher will DH for a while. Then Marcelo Zuna got hot and DH was really not a place where you wanted to stick the catcher and sit the guy who was going on a home run binge and pretty much turned himself into uh, honestly, one of the four or five best hitters on the team, which I did not see coming particularly after his April. So those were the Nobody kind of things did. that, yeah, that you could probably, you know, look at where they could have gotten more playing time. But with Ozuna hitting the way he was, I understand why they didn't. And and I'm still, you know, want to think that, you know, giving catchers a little bit more time and a little bit more time off and a little bit more of a break and a breather throughout the course of the season, that can pay some dividends later on. Just unfortunately for Atlanta, their catchers really weren't hitting and weren't necessarily a factor down the stretch. Though Travis Darno did have a big home run in game two in that comeback that the Braves have. Yeah. Travis Darno is kind of uh, there. He's my give me Iguodala situation. I mean, it, if I've got to have somebody that's going to get a hit, I almost want Travis Darno to be at the plate because he's, he's had a few. He's he seems so clutch, and so you never know what you might get with TDA. But always, always fun. Hey, Grant, thanks for taking time with us today, man. We appreciate it. We'll be looking forward to uh, to hearing from you again. That's and, that's Grant with ninety two nine the yeah, game. Ninety two nine. Yeah. And, and, and tomorrow tomorrow maybe we'll we'll get to see him open a foil pack and gosh knows what he might find in there. So yeah, I got to get back to that now. I was kind of taking a little hiatus until I got to the off season. I was reloading, restocking, and now the Braves. Here we are. More spare time than I want. But thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> thanks, Grant. We appreciate you. All right. When we come back, we will do some rapid fire reactions from college football that we didn't get to do yesterday. So stick around here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bond Joint. Back in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. 
Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yao and Mo Patton here on this Top 5 Tuesday. Again, Top 5 football helmets and football helmet designs. Looking forward to it. Should be interesting. As not this week, but next week, we'll see some Oilers against the Falcons. So, should be fun. Um... A little rapid-fire reaction here from college football, but Brett McMurphy tweeting moments ago, South Carolina's Shane Beamer broke his foot after the Florida loss. Quote, Clearly, clearly he kicked something, right? That was not a football, apparently. I hope it wasn't a safe that he couldn't get open and he ends up the issue of Jack Daniel. <laughs> mm. So, quote, it certainly was a gut-wrenching emotional loss. I was frustrated and kicked something I shouldn't have kicked and thought I was okay. The adrenaline of the game wore off, and before anybody starts the narrative, the head football coach is frustrated and lost his poise and all that. No, I care about these kids. I was really upset on Saturday night because I didn't do enough to help them get over the hump and win the football game. I don't think I have to have surgery, but there's a broken bone in my foot. It hurts like you know what. I've got to show toughness and fight through it. It's been one of those years. Goodness gracious. <laughs> so we don't know what he kicked then, huh? Something he shouldn't. <laughs> That's that we don't know. It covers a lot. I mean, was it a trash can or was it a refrigerator? I mean, what, you know. Let's let's let, let let me see if I can do some digging here. Uh, it, it just it just says kicking kicking something 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 hard. <laughs> wow, he is probable heading into Saturday's game against Missouri. So He's probable. Barrett Salee. <laughs> mm. Oh, this is phenomenal. Mm. I I just man, that is that is something. That may be the most. Mm. That that may be the craziest thing I've ever heard from a coach after a ball game. I, I mean, that's just that that's nuts. I'm I'm just at a loss for words. What are you doing? Kicking stuff. 
Someone said I'd kick something too if I had to watch four quarters of Gamecock football. That's tough, <laughs> but fair. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Tough, but fair. There you go. Man, uh, not the only person dealing with lower leg injury right now. Brock Bowers mm. is dealing with the tightrope surgery and is out four to six weeks, which could certainly put him in question for Tennessee. It certainly puts him in question for Tennessee. I think it probably, I think four to six is probably optimistic. I think Brock Bowers is done for the year. And it's unfortunate because this is a guy, and you talk about guys that didn't have to come back. He'd have been top five whenever he came out. And I wonder if this surgery is going to create more question around his draft status than otherwise. Uh, here's what I think as far as his availability to come back. I think tightrope surgery allows him to come back. I think if Georgia's undefeated going into Tennessee and he can play, he will. I think if they've got a chance to win the SEC and three-peat, he's coming back. If something happens and they're unable to, you know, to get by somebody between now and then, Ole Miss particularly, I think he shuts it down. I just don't think it's as big a given. Well, I mean, we've seen guys come back from it, guys who have to do less on those ankles. Well, yeah, guys who have to do less have come back. I mean, I think about Cedric Tillman. Well, I think about Tua Tungvaloa who certainly had to do more, probably. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, I think it's, I think it is a matter of whether or not they have a chance to do And it may not be six weeks. It may be the SEC championship game. It may be the college football playoff. Mm -hmm. But if Brock Bowers can help his team win a national championship in three feet, he's going to be on the field. Uh, I'm not questioning Brock Bowers' desire to be on the field. I'm concerned about his ability to be on the field. I, I mean, they say this tightrope surgery is, is something you can get, you, you can do pretty quick. I, I mean, and by quick, I mean four to six weeks <laughs> compared to, you know, a season, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, I, I, again. How long did it take Tillman to get back? It was definitely six and maybe more. He played, he, he, it happened in the, in the Akron game. And he played again. Oh, that's, I'm looking at his NFL games. That's, that's not going to help me. See here. I don't have by game. Uh, here it is, game logs. Tillman played six weeks later. Well, actually, five weeks later against Kentucky. 
He got hurt on the 17th of September and came back the 29th of October. I don't think he got a lot of snaps against Kentucky, though. Four catches, 22 yards, but five, five and a half yards a catch, which was his lowest performance of the year. Now, the very next week, which would have been right at six weeks, was Georgia, where he went seven for 68. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, six weeks is probably more likely. Yeah, I will be. As you can tell, I've got some voice issues. It's fall. It happens. Yeah, it's it's that time. But so I mean, six weeks is probably the the earliest, and I don't think that's. <coughs> so anyway, six weeks Gosh. doesn't get him back for UT though, because that's right at five. That's right weeks. at four, I think. I'm not sure. If you, count, if you count this week. Let's all hope Chris doesn't die. Uh, yeah, I mean, <coughs> wish you hadn't said that now. Oh, man. You, you don't count this. I mean, if you count this week, they're off, so that's, you know, whatever. But Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, and then Tennessee, which would be five. So, all right. So I think it's big, very iffy. And the, it, and if if they beat Tennessee and they're going to the SEC championship game, there's no reason to play them against Georgia Tech, right? Yeah, but I mean, once he's back, he may as well. I mean, unless he reaggravates it some kind of way. Well, that's what I'm saying. If he doesn't come back for Tennessee, the then he doesn't week, come back until the SEC team. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, that's kind of where what I would do, mm -hmm. of course. Um, but yeah, that's that's interesting how how it affects you know different positions. I think so. Anyway, Colorado. We didn't get a chance to talk about this. No, we talked. We mentioned <laughs> Keenan Thompson, but we didn't talk about the ridiculousness that was Colorado Stanford on Friday night. And. You and I were actually <laughs> up. Wasn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> was that the half? I went home and went to sleep. I went home and went to sleep. <laughs> I woke up. I was surprised at <laughs> you. Uh, you know, you and I were both up. Now, I wasn't watching it. I wasn't watching it either. I, was, I wish I had been. I was keeping an eye on it. Mm -hmm. I, had, I, had it on a, I had it on a tab, and I was kind of listening, you know, occasionally to it. And, and I thought... This isn't really going to happen, is it? And then the catch over Travis Hunter was insanity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of folks have not turned on Travis Hunter, but have certainly cooled off to his playing both ways situation. But they were in an overtime game. And he's coming off of two weeks not being on the field. And playing his, his conditioning. I mean, and, and, and here's the thing. I, I, again, kind of like what you just said with Brock Bowers, his, his ability versus his desire. desire. Mm -hmm. I think his coaches have to make a better decision. You have to save kids. You have to save athletes from themselves. Yeah. Sometimes. And that would have been a situation where saving him from himself 
maybe. And, and just because, dude, you can't play 140 snaps after, <laughs> after not only being injured, but being injured with a lung. Lung, liver. Oh, that's right. It was a liver. Just get still with an internal organ. It's like, come on now. Yeah. You know, he ain't been running. (laughs) Anyway. No. That's a little ridiculous. So, yeah. I mean. Yeah, you got to be a little bit smarter than that with somebody like that. But it wasn't just Colorado who won crazy. Colorado State scores 20. Four points in less than four minutes. Oh, good Lord. They were down 31 to 10, had the ball, scored. It might have been two minutes. Literally, it it was one of the craziest events in the history of, of, of football. That was okay. So, all right, fourth quarter, 401. Touchdown pass. Get the onside kick. Score again. They get a second onside kick, Mo. They recovered two. They recovered the second onside kick, but they blocked before the ball went 10 yards. They had to re-kick it. And they got that too? Did not get that one. Oh, okay. But had their timeouts. Called three timeouts, scored with one second left, and won 31-30. Jeez. Okay. How about that? That's it's top notch. Um, we did not talk or have not talked nearly enough about Arizona. Uh, Arizona just absolutely demolished Washington State. Made them wish that they had never put a filed a lawsuit in the first place. <laughs> or made them hope that they win the lawsuit. Even more, one of the two. So, forty-four to six was mm-hmm. it? An mm-hmm. absolute drubbing of Wazoo. Yeah, um, Wazoo, who had been ranked until losing to Arizona, which, you know, as we talked a little bit as we worked through the AP Top Twenty-five, you know, makes you wonder if maybe USC was penalized more for that triple overtime loss than they should have been. Maybe. So it'll be interesting. Who did we say? Who's Arizona got this week? Colorado, I believe. Coach Prime should be on alert. <laughs> Better watch out. I'm telling you, man. This is um, no Oregon State next week. They're off this week, but they're at home against number twelve Oregon State. So okay. they get the they get those two back to back and at home. Oregon State. Of course, Arizona's done their Arizona's done their best work on the road. <clears throat> so we'll see. Let's take a very quick break. Terry McCormick is standing by, as is Chip Walter. So we'll get a quick Titans report right after this, and get a Chip as well. So stick around here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bond Joint. Back in a moment. On the go, you deserve service that's fast, friendly, and clean. You know what else you deserve? All the perks to go with it. At Fast Stop Markets, you can have both. Give yourself an upgrade. Enroll in Fast Stop Perks. Trust us, you'll be shocked at how fast the perks start rolling out. As a loyal Fast Stop customer, you'll feel like an A-list celebrity every time you walk through our doors. 
can now shop and earn every time you visit our stores. Enroll in the Fast Stop Perks loyalty program and start earning points that you can spend like cash on fuel, food, and more. You can also earn great freebies, join reward clubs, and most importantly, use your points to get money off at the pump. It all happens at checkout with our friendly staff. Just be sure to use your Fast Stop Perks card or app every time you purchase. You want perks too, don't you? Enroll today and start earning the perks you deserve. Visit your local Fast Stop markets or go to FastStopPerks.com to start earning your perks today. Fast Stop. Back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Going now to Terry McCormick with our Daily Titans report. Guys, it is your Daily Titans report. It's brought to you by Zen Sports, which is changing the bonus game for the better. Titans are on their bye week, but uh, the questions certainly persist as to who's going to play quarterback because my money is not on Ryan Tannehill suiting up against the Atlanta Falcons unless he is a remarkably quick healer. If, he, if the injury is the same as it was when he originally heard it last year, then that would mean it's a high ankle sprain, and that would mean that it's probably going to take two to three weeks for him to be able to get back from it. So to me, the, the fact that this game against the Falcons after the bye and then three days later in Pittsburgh, that is really a, that's a quick timeline to try and turn it around. Now, the question that I have here, and I want to throw this at you guys too to get your opinion. Mike Brable said that when Ryan Tannehill's healthy, he is the quarterback of this team. So to my way of thinking, and I, and I don't know what they're thinking, but that would seem to indicate that the easy way to do this would be just to put Malik Willis in, let him play the two games until Ryan Tannehill's back. Because the way I see it, when you put Will Levis in there as the starter, it feels like you're turning the page and going to the next guy. Do you guys buy that? I don't. I feel like, again, and we spoke to it to some degree yesterday, you know, Will Levis didn't get much of a preseason. I just think you got to find out what you got in Will Levis. Um, because, you know, if, if Ryan Tannehill is the quarterback when he's healthy, then when he gets healthy, he's going to return to the spot. So I, you may not get you know, another chance to see Will Levis. So you, I you think, know who else thought that? Oh, I'm sure any number of people thought that. I think Bill Drew Belichick. Well, yeah, Drew Bledsoe probably thought that as well. So, I mean, you know, so, I mean. Tommy Maddox is in that room too. He, he is in that room as well. Yeah, but I mean, I, I just think. If you have an opportunity at this point, and trust me, I'm no Will Levis apologist, but for the good of this franchise, you got to know about him no before that. I agree with that completely, as, as a matter of fact. But what I'm just what I'm saying is that there is a thought or a belief maybe out there that when Will Levis takes the job, it's his to prove if he can be the franchise quarterback. Sure. You know, well, and, and I think if he does, if, if he does, or, or if he doesn't, because if two and four becomes two and six with Will Levis in there, then maybe at that point it's like, what's the point of putting 17 back in there? 
Not necessarily that Levis earns it, just that it's pointless to bring Ryan back by then. What what you may be right on that. You know, and so, it's a situation too where, you know, the one downside would be, I mean, I think you have to play Levis because if he's good, you know what he is. If he's bad, you know what he is. If he's the same as Malik Willis, you got a quarterback competition for next year. And but the one downside of it to me is this. If he comes in and behind this terrible offensive line and with no real skill position receivers outside of DeAndre Hopkins who can help a young quarterback by making big time plays, you know, you run the risk of wrecking him the same way you wrecked Malik Willis last year. Thank you. Been yeah. saying that. Well, it's here's the thing is that's that's the reason that Ryan Tannehill isn't in 2019 Ryan Tannehill. That's the simple reason. And for whatever reason, not playing Peter Skaronsky at left tackle, he's refused. So you're preaching to the choir here. And and I agree with you on the Tannehill thing. I've been kind of thinking that for a while and saying a little bit that, you know, at 35 years old, Ryan Tannehill is probably as good as he's probably already had his best days, you know, when you take hits, he's been sacked. How many times do you think he's been sacked the last three seasons? This season and 2021 and 22 combined. How many times do you think he's not not hit but sacked? Count the playoffs, the one playoff game. 30. And keep in mind, know. he's missed seven games. Okay. I'm going to stick with 30 then. How much? I'm going to stick with 30. 30 over three years? Yeah. Well, he's missed time, and it's only been six games this year. 100. What? One, zero, zero. Wow. That's a lot of hits to absorb. Wow. That's and a lot of hits. You got, look. Even for a guy who played wide receiver in the Southeastern Conference, that's a lot of hits. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it just takes a toll on you. The reason, one of the reasons that nobody talks about that Tom Brady was able to play until he was 42 was because he never took he never got hits hit. like that. Well, well, that's because he know, was able to get the ball out quicker to guys who were getting open. Because he had a decent offensive line. You know, I mean, he, he was why, quick with it's why, look, the hits. It's why Matt Ryan was done when he got to the Colts. It's why Cam Newton was done when he was 33. The, they, they took too many hits. Yep, 100%. This is going to be an interesting week. Again, it's off week, so that's why we have to dig deep. But, Terry, tell us about Zen Sports. Gladly. All right. Zen Sports is the new sportsbook in Tennessee, revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it, too. Earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month after that with up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. Best of all, earn cash commission on your referral bets with the Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. 
are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. Again, Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yow and Maurice Patton here on this Top 5 Tuesday. It's time now to go to Lynchburg North, not South, Virginia. <laughs> and Chip Walters, voice of the Blue Raiders, joins us talking a little bit about what we can expect tonight up in Lynchburg, Virginia from the Blue Raiders of Middle Tennessee State and the Flames of Liberty. What's up, Chip? I just get a little nap in over here before the game, so Good idea. Uh, no, no, just uh, we get got over here getting set up. Uh, Mr. Jonathan Paul Plant, you probably saw a cameo of Joe Dubin walking. We did just now, so we did. By the way, did you know his? I book have a question. Is number two on the Amazon best-selling list this week? I did. I did see that. I have a question for Joe. They have a question for you, Joe. The question, this morning, you posted that picture. All right. Go ahead. So, Joe, you you posted or, or Chip posted a picture of you this morning on your radio show with Chase, or Chase posted the picture. I don't know who posted the picture, but the microphone wasn't plugged in it to was. your little box. It was into the com uh, into the sorry I'm eating into the it's, computer. Uh, the I'm trying to figure out here because the, the, from your headset. The microphone part is not, or is that the headphone part? Am I just missing it? I can't yeah. tell. Yeah, that's the headphone part. It plugs into the computer. Oh, okay. They're routed back to another box. Gotcha. So I was, I was like, one of those things is not plugged in. <laughs> so he either can't hear or they can't hear him. And the latter's probably better for Chase, I guess. But like uh, it's, Mills picture, isn't it? Yeah, this is, this is a great Opry Mills, uh, Owen Mills picture. Or Opry Mills. <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, as long as they don't hear me, it's the best show ever. When they hear me, that's why I'm that uh, Chip bringing me on the radio broadcaster. I'm sure not what his uh, motivation was or what he was trying to accomplish. Maybe he's just trying to give back to the community, and that's how <laughs> he can make back. a wish. Here, yeah, here it is. All right, this is more about Chip than me. <laughs> Oh man! All right, well, how about we that? appreciate your make a wish. Buy the yeah. book. Go, yeah, <laughs> Lord, don't hit that mailbox. So. <laughs> so, Chip, what can we expect tonight? Well, you're going to have a good Liberty team. They're they're they were I think the first team in the country to uh, reach six wins and get bowl eligible. Uh, they're unbeaten in the league. They went to Jacksonville State last week and um, 
and, and won 31-13. It was 17-13 uh, early fourth quarter, and Liberty did get a couple of, of fourth quarter touchdowns that, that obviously uh, pushed the spread of the score out just a little bit. Interestingly enough, as you look through their schedule, their non-conference schedule this year was Bowling Green, Buffalo, uh, they've got Old Dominion, and UMass coming up uh, later in the year. And uh, Bowling Green. They played the Mac schools early. That was smart. Yeah, Bowling, Bowling Green was at home. Buffalo was on the road. They'll have Old Dominion at home and Ma and UMass at home. They uh, The one thing that they they have not chosen to do is looking at their future schedules up through 2028, they do not play a single Power 5 school uh, in that stretch. And um, a lot of uh, Conference USA, Sunbelt schools uh, do play at least one, if not a couple of Power 5s. Middle, obviously, this year played Alabama and Missouri. Next year, they're going to have uh, uh, Ole Miss uh, and Duke on the schedule among among a couple of other non-conference games. So uh, they they are able to uh, – and and they're, they've been able to, to get wins early in the year, get off to a great start. And that, that's been the same since, you know, when Hugh Freeze was here and, and, uh, and now that, uh, you know, now that Jamie Chadwell is here. But they've they got a very good football team. They've got a quarterback that is remindful in his style of play of a former Liberty quarterback uh, named Malik Willis. Uh, Caden Salter has been really, really good. They've got a running back named Quentin Cooley who has had five 100-plus yard games. Um, and, and, and with that Jamie Chadwell spread option offense, they're rushing for 253 yards a game, throwing for 225. So they've, their numbers are flipped from what, uh, you know, most schools who are averaging 480, 490 yards a game they're doing it with a lot of stuff on the ground, but that's exactly the formula that Coach Chadwell used at Coastal when he with uh, with Grayson McCall and and that offense that they had there. Caden Salter, a transfer from or at one point was Tennessee. at Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, I think he. I guess he was briefly in that program. I think, there. I think that's a good a good uh, way to describe his tenure was brief. Yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the you know, middle of this week, uh, obviously, it's been a, had, had its trying moments this week. But I think they, you know, getting a win last week against Louisiana Tech, uh, you know, and here, you know, coming in here tonight, it's all about you know what they're doing and you know playing football and and uh, and you know they've got to overcome a couple of injury situations, a little thin on the defensive line tonight, especially in the first half. Zaylen Wood not expected to play tonight. Quindarius Dunning, and of course, last week had the second half targeting call, so he is uh, out the first half tonight. Richard Kinley stepped in, played really good last week, and uh, and the uh, the legacy Blue Raider that he is, uh, he is listed as questionable for tonight. Uh, we'll see, and I think that's going to be a game time decision, and see how he warms up. Chip, is this a situation where Middle is going to have to score with? Liberty? I don't think there's any question about it. I think you you've got you can't settle for threes tonight. You've got to score sevens. 
uh, and, and you've got to, the other thing that you did last week that you've got to do is you've got to you got to find a way to win the turnover battle, and and uh, and give yourself the short field. Don't give up the short field. You got to go out and get the short field for yourself, and which gives your offense a, obviously a, a much better opportunity to score. And this is a, a really good Liberty team. And uh, and and you know after this the schedule lightens up uh, in a lot of ways. Number one, you get 18 days off. This will be the fifth game in 25 days for this football team, and and will bring to an end the midweek games in Conference USA. As far as middle's concerned, there will be some games next week, and then uh, we get back to playing Saturday games for the final third of the schedule. But uh, this team is going to, you know, they've got to fight through whatever is on the list of things to fight through tonight, then find a way, and then you'll have some time to, to rest up and heal up a little bit before going to uh, New Mexico State the first weekend in November. Chip Walters, voice of the Blue Raiders, joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, as he does pretty much every Tuesday. Unless uh, I don't, right? And, exactly. <laughs> unless it's Wednesday or unless we check off. but. You know, Chip, you talk about, you know, after tonight, they don't play again until November 4th. And we've talked about the, the compressed schedule, the five games in 25 days and, and how you handle that and how you prepare for that. But being off for nearly three weeks, how optimal, you know, big picture is that? I and mean, again, you, you get a chance for some bumps and bruises to to heal up and that kind of thing but as chris and i used to talk about a lot during when when the pandemic was at its peak you know is there a rest versus rust exactly dilemma and, there well and that's you know again that's why coaches uh, do what they do to figure out what is going to be the best way I, you know after playing tonight i would you know, I'd bet a dollar to a donut hole that they'll they'll get the rest of the week off and will come back on Sunday like just kind of like they normally do, mm-hmm. and probably uh, and you know I, I think they'll probably have an altered schedule next week, maybe three practices. I, and this is just a hundred percent guess on my part right now, but maybe All three speculation. Pra- yeah, maybe three. You know, maybe go Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, something to say that um and then and then come back on the following sunday and get into back into your regular routine uh knowing that you're uh you know you you have your longest trip of the year coming up uh you know it's a it's a three-hour flight instead of a you know hour or 59 minute flight like we had to uh, this week so uh but you know you, you just have to deal with what's at hand right now and and deal with that and uh, do your best to try to uh, try to get a win and, and, and shock folks around the league a little bit tonight. Chip, this, you know, obviously this is a very important game for, for middle, you know, obviously if, if you want to go to a bowl game, you got to win four of the next five, including this one. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> we at least feel like the, Schedule gets at least a little bit easier on the backside. A little bit more manageable. It, 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 I mean, it, yeah. it's a tough schedule, but 
And going to New Mexico is rough, but outside of that, you feel like you know some wins are are still ahead of this team. Yeah, Jerry. I mean, this is this is a team that has that has uh, is a is a good football team that has had uh, that has not played its best in at, at oppor- inopportune times. I think is a good way to put it. You think about the second half of the Colorado State game, the second half of the Jacksonville State game. If those things don't happen the way they happen, you could very easily be talking about a four and three team right now. Uh, and, 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 I, and that, you know, we saw what, you know, Colorado state, they've, they've become the, the masters of the second half comeback after what they did this, this past Saturday night, I stayed up and watched the end of that one. And of course the usual suspects caught the last two passes and, and they got the win. But after tonight, you've got, you go to New Mexico state, Jerry Kill has done a really good job out there, gotten them going. So these are not two easy road games back-to-back. Then you come home for FIU, who is obviously a winnable game at home. Mike McIntyre got them off to a good start, but they've kind of hit on rough times. Same with UTEP. And then Sam Houston, they're scary because you go out there on Thanksgiving weekend for an 11 a.m. kickoff, and, uh, and, and they have not won a game yet. But they are just, what, two, two springs – away from winning a national championship at the FCS level. Uh, so they're, they're going to be okay. Uh, and, 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 you know, you hope that they don't find themselves by the time you get, you get out to Huntsville, Texas on, uh, what is that, November 25th? This is, it, it is a, it is not an easy uh, transition to the new Conference USA. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams that you're just not familiar with, and I wonder how much that plays into it as well. Of course, you know, other teams aren't familiar with you either. But still. yeah, I think I think it's more so fan-wise. I mean, the players. I mean, they see guys on a film, and uh, while they may not have seen them in person a year ago, you know, they're they're still seeing them on film and knowing what they're what they're you know the coaches are have come up with with a game plan. So. It's uh you know you better get ready to play Liberty uh, in everything all the time because they're here and uh, and as we look out over this campus, you know there's a uh, to my right there is an indoor facility that is second to none in all of college football. Uh, they've got an operations building down in that end zone. They've got a brand new basketball arena that opened up in 2020 right over here. They've got a gorgeous baseball facility. They've got an ice rink that opened up just a couple of years ago. They have invested heavily in facilities here, and and everybody in Conference USA is going to look to Liberty as to who they have to keep up with from a facility standpoint. When are you guys going to get an ice rink? Uh, we've got one in we got one in in uh, up at Hickory Hollow. So just just going to use that one, huh? No on campus stadium for the hockey I, team. Not, 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 I haven't seen that yet. It may be part of Bill Blue. I don't know. Well, obviously, uh, by, uh, you know, you had, you guys were at media day yesterday for, for basketball and had two outstanding guests, uh, in Courtney Whitson and, and Justin Buford. And I texted Mo last night. I, I said, and, and well, I texted him beforehand and I said, you're, you know, you, you're going to have two terrific kids to talk to. And, and, you know, I, I think when you talk to those kids, it kind of gives you a reflection of their their respective programs, the women's and the men's program at middle. And you think, now, 
those are kids that I can, you know, that I want to follow and I want to see have success. And I hope that's what you got after talking to him yesterday. I think you're absolutely right. You know, I, I had the chance to see, I've probably seen Courtney more than I've seen Justin over their MTSU careers, but, you know, both of them, you know, kind of feel like and look like the embodiment of their respective programs. And, and as you said, Chip, listening to them, it's like, you know, those are the type individuals that you want to see have some success, you know, personally and as a team. They're, I, I, they're both fantastic represents, representatives of their teams, their programs, and I would think that their coaches are very pleased and proud with both of of and with both of them. I mean, just <laughs> great Rick individuals. And, yeah, Rick and Nick are smart guys, and they 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 didn't you know they they picked those two people to go down there to represent for a reason, and uh, and you know and and the thing is they're not the only ones on their team. Right. They, yeah, they are they are they're just kind of they each you know they represent like you know just said it, they represent. Uh, what the coaches uh, want you to think about their teams, and and uh, and they're they're just they're terrific kids, and I've gotten to know Courtney a good bit. Just can't help but you know just really like her a lot. And, and Justin Buford, I've you know traveled with him uh, for now three or four years in the program, and and uh, and he is just a class act, and and uh, and and saw you know was around him a whole lot more away from basketball when we made our trip to Italy this year and, 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 uh, and didn't change any of my thinking about what kind of guy he was uh, on that trip. You know, listening to both of them, they both just sounded like extensions of their coaches and the coaching <laughs> staff. I mean, they sounded, <laughs> they almost sounded more like coaches than they did players, which is, you know, I, I would imagine that's kind of a tribute to the coaches and the coaching staff that, you know, their message is getting through. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And, uh, you know, the men had a, 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 a – they can't talk about it a whole lot, but they had a, a, a close scrimmage this past weekend uh, and from all indications fared very well in that one. And they will have another one coming up this weekend uh, against another in-state Division One program. And uh, – and the women are going about it in a different way. They are coming with, uh, they're going with exhibitions while the men are going with the closed scrimmages. And, and really you can do either. Uh, and it's just kind of what you think fits your program best. Uh, coach Ensel, you know, he likes to do it exactly like a game situation. And that's why they have the exhibition games. Coach McDevitt, likes it because sometimes they play an extra 10 minutes with bench guys and you can actually, you know, coach them up a little more within the game uh, and, 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 and have some, you know, after you play your 40 minutes, you can have do things where each coach might want to do some certain individual situational type things and they can do that and, uh, and, and, and play against probably better competition than you would face in an exhibition game that's what and again there's no better way to do it it's just how each coach chooses to go about it so uh and and that's uh and and and, and i think they both gain a lot from it you know it's kind of vague what you can and what you can't say about those <laughs> close scrimmages and and that type of thing but can you divulge 
opponents. I'm not sure if I can or not. So you're not. Uh, so I'm not going to do that. I will yeah. say one uh, One is from the eastern part of the state. One is from the western part of the state. So that's that's what I know. Okay. All right. Uh, you I may get a, you, that, you may that's get a what text you're going to say. Yeah. You may get a text later. Okay, cool. cool. <laughs> uh, my phone is never far from me, so feel free. All right. Um, Chip? Bring back a win. We will do our case. Joe is efforting already. So, uh, I mean, he has worked up a lather down here to my right. It's too bad you all can't see it. But we're good. We're good. We're, we'll, we'll kick but, it off. Uh, but you've already seen how the kind of work he was doing earlier today. What, and, is, uh, uh, what, is, what is Jonathan Paul doing? That is the question. Uh, to running he, is, he is now the calm after the first storm and before the next storm. Oh, okay. I think so. as soon as I get off, we're going to run a check on everything and uh, and make sure we're good because we want it all good before Wayne Gross gets here. Hey, what, what's the, what's today's tailgate recipe? <laughs> today's tailgate recipe is a Virginia sailor sandwich. Mm. Well, okay. Which I had is a very that... nice club sandwich for lunch today. I'm not sure how oh, close they are. Oh, how did you get in? But, uh, in the club? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I knew the I knew the handshake. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. I, I wish that I could get into said club. But. Chip Walters, the voice of Blue Raider, is joining us as he does almost every Tuesday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chip, again, bring back a win. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. All right, go blue. All right. All right, we'll take a quick break. More Main Street Sports Today. When we come back right after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney owned and operated full service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see. 
whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Ken Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yow, Mo Patton here on this Top 5 Tuesday. And Mo, a couple of things. One, we mentioned a story yesterday that has a at least part of a conclusion. And uh, as MTSU staffer, yeah, Nick Woodall, that was that his, that's his name? Woodfin, is it? Gosh, I don't remember. Let's last get time. it yeah. right. Um, it's it, it's one of the two. Uh, I legitimately don't know. I have forgotten his name. Anyway, the staffer yeah. for MTSU who was arrested um, for indecent exposure and resisting arrest has since resigned. It is um, Woodley. Woodley. Nick Woodley. Nick Woodley. Um, he has resigned. Stock has accepted said resignation, and he is no longer part of the program. Um, not quite top five Tuesday yet, Justin. Uh, but... We're headed that way. We are. We'll get there. Um, <clears throat> college football is an interesting sport it, because it brings out the passion in people more so than almost anything else, I think. Now, you might see more fights in an NFL game like last night where a couple of fights look like it was the, the you know some of those people's first time on roller skates, <laughs> but Davo Sweeney makes a comment that essentially says, "Well, here's exactly what it says." Brett McMurphy, Davo Sweeney on Clemson's fans' unrealistic expectations. We're at a point where if you don't go undefeated, you're losers. You're terrible. And that is just such a terrible mindset. Honestly, maybe we need to lose a few games and lighten up the bandwagon. Sometimes a bandwagon can get a little too full. Can a bandwagon get too full? Can you have can you too have many too many fans? fans? 
According to Dabo, you can. According it's to Dabo, it's quality, you can. not quantity, for Dabo. Yeah, he wants the right fans. Yeah, the ones who don't question you when you lose, or beat Wake Forest by four, or lose by three touchdowns to Duke. Those guys. Yeah, he wants the right fans. The right fans. New kids on the block. Dabo. I, listen, man, this Dabo, Dabo. has here, here first. Here's the way McMurphy finishes up this tweet. Tigers have had 12 consecutive seasons with at least 10 victories, but will miss the college football playoff for the third straight year. Yeah, which is true. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you think it's, I mean, it's okay to not win 10 games occasionally? I think it's okay to not win 10 games occasionally. I mean, sometimes a game catches up with you. But I think it's how you don't win 10 games. And I think it's, you know, is is the game catching up with you or have you come back to the pack? And I think that's what the concern is for fans. If you are as competitive and other people have become more competitive, I think that's one thing. If you are not as competitive, if you've slipped, folks want to know why. And again, I kind of go back to legendary Arkansas men's basketball coach, Nolan Richardson, who said, you know, when you create the monster, then you got to feed the monster. You know, if Dabo wants to take credit for making Clemson what it has been, and he's also got to take the blame for making Clemson what it is. Well, and you go and you look at their losses, you know, again, lost to Duke, but Apparently, losing to Duke not a not something to necessarily scoff at. I don't think that's as bad a loss now as it was over Labor Day weekend. But still, if you're Clemson or if you're Clemson fans, particularly if you're Clemson bandwagon fans, you don't think you're supposed to lose to Duke, right? Follow that up with wins against Charleston Southern and Florida Atlantic. Easy wins. Didn't struggle in those, unlike some other teams who have struggled in in games like that. Uh, lost in overtime to Florida State. Went to Syracuse and got a pretty convincing win. And then at home against Wake Forest, which, I mean, I don't really know what to make about Wake Forest, but won 17-12. I think next week we find out a lot about my, about Clemson when they play Miami on the road. <clears throat> and, you know, again, NC State, Georgia Tech, Miami, North Carolina, Notre Dame, and, and South Carolina, they got to win two of those to get to a bowl game. And I don't, I mean, there are two wins there. North Carolina State is probably a win. It's on the road. But better watch out. If he wants, if he thinks the bandwagon fans are bad, you win seven games, and the bandwagon suddenly turns around and starts chasing you. 
instead of you leading it. The bandwagon can quickly become a mob in college no. football. And Dabo, Dabo doesn't do anything to make himself like me. No, well, I mean, I think I think that a lot of Clemson people liked the way that he kind of had a, a me against the world attitude because I think Clemson has always felt like it was, you know. Well, and and that's all fine until that me against the world becomes me against our fans. Yeah, no, I. I, I this I, is not. Earning him any goodwill, he's, he's within his fan base. He's got issues with with that particularly. He's got issues with the hand that feeds him, be it yeah. fans or players or college football. Yeah, as a whole. And and you can you, be you, you can lose games. <laughs> That's right. Or but you, you can't can be a butthole. But, but you can't do but both. You can't do both. And Dabo is edging closer Eerily to trying close. to do both. Yeah, he, he he's he's far, much closer to doing both than than only, only one. one. Yeah, yep. there's no question. All right, let's take our final break of the day. When we come back, top five Tuesday, top five football helmet designs of all time. So y'all come back with us right here on Main Street Sports today. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net.
Welcome back in. It is Top 5 Tuesday here on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, coming to you live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia. Glad to have you guys with us as we are getting ready to draft our best high, uh, not high school, best football helmets designs of all time. Looking forward to this one. And... Yeah, so let's get into the Google number generator. <laughs> oh, that was not fun. You all right, man? No. <laughs> struggling. No, I mean, like, uh, real, like, as in like, you know, coming down with something? <laughs> He's, he's on the struggle bus today, Justin. I don't I know if you've had a chance to hear all day or not, but yeah, he's, he's my voice has been rough. Worried about you, me. Uh, I'll be okay. All right, Justin, you will be number one. Hey. Mo is number two, and Justin, and that makes me number three. That does make you number three. Hey, and, <laughs> okay. I should have I should have said this beforehand. Hmm? Because we do the number generator and it's not poll based anymore, I wonder if we shouldn't do serpentine. We can start next week since I'm number three. I'm not. I'm not saying it because I'm number three. I'm saying we. But serpentine, I feel like makes it a little mm. more fair. So you. So it would be Justin, me. Oh. Yow, yow, me, Justin. Yeah. Okay. Like a little number two guy is the is the one who wins in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder, do, Mo, do you think he would have brought that up if he was number one today? I, I was, <laughs> most likely not. I was most going likely not. to, I swear. Yeah, most, <laughs> most likely not. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's it's kind of like the number one seeds getting knocked out of the playoffs and suddenly wanting the new format. We can start next week, I swear. But I was just, I, when I was thinking, I was like, man, we, we should, I was thinking it last week. I'm actually cool with that. Really no, so what do you think? So anyway, that. serpentine is is the way we're going to go starting next week. Starting next week. All okay. right. When, when you're number one. When, when, when I'm number one, I'll get. I'll, I'll get. When you'll be out one and six. Yeah. 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 Um, Justin, start right. us up. Let's see, man. I there's so many. This is this was a hard one, um, but I gotta go with Oilers, uh, helmets, just cause classic and. That's that's fair. You know what? I've I've analyzed a lot of helmets <laughs> at the professional and collegiate level. And my number one is the Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. That's a good one. I've got to look that one up. A cool yeah. name for your team. Number three, not to be followed by number four. My number one, <laughs> Tulane. Mm. <clears throat> Solid. Yeah, the Tulane Green Wave. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites. Okay. So, okay. Justin, number two. I'm going to go with the Smoky Gray Tennessee Volunteers. Mm, specifically oh. the Smoky Gray. That's, yes, sir. A lot of folks don't like that one. So I, I'm not one of them, though. I, I like it. I think it's Thank solid. You. That's a good call, Justin. Good job. My number two, right now, 
The helmet is probably better than the team wearing it. <laughs> but the Arkansas Razorbacks. Ooh, they get a good one. Yeah, they get a solid one for sure. Another cool name. Mm-hmm. My number two. How about the classic Packer? Yeah. The G doesn't do it for me. The football G? The G. The big G. Big G. It's like word art. uh, I mean, at one time, it was probably cutting edge, but it's just kind of, yeah, to me. But anyway. I do get it. I do get it, though. I mean, it definitely is like a classic, like legendary. It's classic. It's classic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Justin, you're number three. Uh, my number three is um, really any variation of this helmet I think is cool, but Louisville, um, mm. I really like their black helmet that they use or they have used in the past, but honestly, their red one is just as cool. So They do a lot with their helmets, too. Sometimes they'll come out with that um, cardinal, with that savage cardinal. Sometimes they'll come out with that old English L. You know, right, they'll, right. They'll do some yeah. different stuff with it, but yeah. I was talking about right here. So sick. Hang on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, you can't really, I guess, like on the field, you probably can't like see the <laughs> outline yeah. of the cardinal or the, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they do a lot. Um, my number three. Um... Riverdale does it. Florida State does it, but the the spear. Yep. The the um, it's not an arrowhead. It's a spear that Florida State wears. But uh, I like that. Yeah, like really Seminole. Simple but effective. All right. Solid one for sure. Mm-hmm. Number three for me. Um, I'm going to go with Little Arena Football. Mm-mm. Okay. Might have known. You, you might have known. Might have known. Who you got? San Jose Sabercats. Another cool name. Yeah. What a well, cool I mean, it looks like the National Predator, right? Because that's basically what he is. Yeah. So there's mine. Nice. Um, I'm going to go with the um, – well, let me find out where is it at. Classic. What what number is it? Three or three or four? Four. four. This four. will be your fourth. Uh, man, I really like the LSU helmets. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I like the, the big uh, font and then the tiger. Mm-hmm. Love the yellow. This is the color scheme. And it's tough to go wrong with those colors as well. Yeah, I've um I've actually got LSU on my list. Nice. So. Um. I'm torn at number four. Because I think whichever one of these I don't take, somebody is going to take before we get done. So I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, they do have. Yeah, they're close. Which one? Red, black, um, new, old, new. Okay. New and black. See, I like I like the old school red. The red is not bad, no, but I think the black red. is just ba. You know. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go with the Crosbyton High School Chieftains. <laughs> Those are cool. The headdress. Oh, wow. I like that. That's really – it's it's unique. It's um, – I bet it looks cool with the whole uniform. 
Yeah, like, I mean, it, 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 is that purple? It is purple and gold. Uh, but, it, you know, I think that's the thing is that do, using the entire And it's helmet, got the band, the band across the front. It yeah. uses the whole helmet. Yeah. And I love that. I'm a big fan. Yeah, that's solid. So, Wh- who is that? The Crosbyton Chieftains. Is that out of Alabama? I have no idea where they're oh, from. Oh, okay. <laughs> out of Texas, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. All right. I was looking at I was what I googled because I thought Ohachi of Alabama did this at some point, and I so I googled high, uh, high school football helmets with a uh, headdress, and this is the first one that came up, and I really liked it because it's got the band. Yeah, the band I think kind of sets it off. Um, Justin, number five. Uh, numero cinco for me is uh, Oregon, but not their flashy ones. I dig this look. The, the matte black. See, yep. these guys are throwing up pictures and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, this isn't cool. This isn't cool. Anything um, Matt, I'm, I'm there for. Yeah. Um, my number five stays in the Pacific Northwest with the um, Seattle Seahawks. The new ones? With the, yeah. The I got you. I'll pull up a pic real quick. The... So the the navy with the, mm-hmm. okay yeah I like it with that green that green pops. See, I kind of like their old silver ones. They're so, not bad, like, but Brian I like Bosworth these better. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, let's see, Justin's trying to get it up. I wanted to wait on that. Well, don't wait too long. Yeah, yeah. here's a, here's a a lot of them for sale. Which one? Which one you? <laughs> which one you want? Yeah. Uh, let's go with the twenty five. Let's go with the twenty nine ninety five one over there on the far le- uh, far Ooh, right with the neon green. Neon green yeah. matte black. I'm in. Yeah, that's sick. That's that's sick. sick. <laughs> that may. Wow, that's a good one. That is a good one. All right, well, Justin, my last one is San Diego State's Aztec Aztecs with that. Mm. You know, the whole helmet again. I love the the use of the old helmet. I love the use. I like when they when they have the big logo like Boise State. Oh yeah, the whole. See, I had Boise State on my list. Um, yeah, that's that, those are cool. I yeah. like the you know when you can use more than just like the side of the helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean when, I, when you use the whole helmet or more can, of the helmet. When yeah. you can use more of the helmet, that's what, what I liked most about San Jose. It just it was a really cool uh, setup. So there you yeah. go. That's Five Tuesday brought to you by our friends at Mid-South Five Fitness. Don't forget Thal is still in the fine folks there at stillathletes.com and at stillathletes on Instagram. Make sure to go give them a follow. We'll be back tomorrow um, from Parts Unknown. <laughs> I assume you'll be at the house and I'm not sure where I'll be. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But uh, we'll, we'll figure it out between now and two o'clock. Between now and two o'clock tomorrow, we'll figure it out. And uh, looking forward to another high school prep. I'm sorry, high school football week. It will be, and we'll get Heather Williams tomorrow. We've got what else? That's it for now. For now, yeah, we got a lot to figure out between now and well, two o'clock. We've tomorrow. reached out. We're, we've efforted to 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 get some folks on and talk a little UT Bama. So we might want to do that, you know, as well. Plenty to get to, plenty mm-hmm. to talk about, and we will do that tomorrow on Main Street Sports Day. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Once again, thanks, guys, for being with us here on Main Street Media TV. We will see you tomorrow.